Welcome to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. Today's episode is a class that was recorded live inside the support community for the Reading Better Together curriculum. If you are looking for help teaching your child to read, you can find more information about the curriculum and a free sample in the show notes. Enjoy the episode. I've got a question for you. How do homeschool moms like us, who don't have a master's degree in reading and 25 years of teaching experience, teach our kids how to read in a way that helps them become confident readers who love to read under the covers with a flashlight? Here you'll find simple tricks and practical tools for making reading easy and fun. My name is Sarah Miller, and welcome to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. Better together. Happy Wednesday and welcome to this Facebook Live all about ending the homeschool year strong. I cannot believe that it is already almost May, going to be May next week, and getting close to the end of the homeschool year. So today I just wanted to share some of my favorite tips for things to do or in some cases not to do to help really end the homeschool year on a positive note and to set yourself and your child up really well for success next year. So I'm really excited to share these tips with you. If you are here live and you can see and hear me inside the Facebook group, please say hello in the comments and let me know that you are here. And if you are watching on the replay, please type replay in the comments and let me know that you are here as well. I'm going to check and make sure that we are live in the group and then we'll go ahead and get started with our topic. I have lots of interesting things to share with you today. It looks like everything is working so that's great. Okay so we're going to go ahead and hop in and we're going to talk about ending the homeschool year strong today um, because I know that this is coming up for all of us. So I wanted to talk about three big topics today. We're going to start by talking about finishing the curriculum um, and all the things that go into that. Then we're going to talk about reflecting on the school year, something that I think is almost never done enough, but super, super important. And then we're going to talk about choosing new curriculum for next year and for the fall. So let's start with finishing the curriculum because that I know is foremost on everyone's minds, including my own. As I'm doing my homeschool planning for my own kids, I am looking at our curriculum pretty much on a weekly basis at this point to try to figure out where we're at and whether or not we're going to finish. So for us, we have sort of a flexible school year. I have a general target number in mind for how many days I want us to have our public school in our our area has 180 calendar days and so my goal is always for my family to have 180 days in my state there's not a requirement for that believe it or not there's no requirement for days or hours so uh, we are just going off of my own like personal sense of responsibility in that case and that's how I came up with that number but if you are not aware of the laws that govern the state where you live or the country where you live it's really really important that you figure that information out because in the United States each state's law is different and globally of course there are different laws as well so a great place to go for the most up-to-date laws for your area is the HSLDA that's the homeschool legal defense organize um defense organization I think is their uh, thing and they have a map on their website where you can actually click on your state and you can get all of the legal information. I'm gonna drop a link in the comments 
to the map specifically where you can click on your state and uh, find the information. If you do not live in the United States and you click on that map, there's also uh, a, like down at the bottom, there are links to international organizations to be able to find the laws that are applicable for your area. So you're definitely gonna wanna check and make sure that you are aware of exactly what the requirement is in terms of number of hours, number of days, all of those things. Hopefully you know that already. Uh, but if you don't, go check like now. That's very important. Okay, so you're going to want to think about how many weeks are left in your school year or how many hours you have left of, of curriculum time. Um, and then also compare that to how much you have left in your curriculum. So hopefully the amount of curriculum that you have left is going to be roughly equal to the amount of time that you have left and you'll be good to go. But in some cases it can be glaringly off. Either you're going to finish your curriculum weeks before the end of the school year or in some cases you're at the point now where there's pretty much no way you're going to finish. And and because we're close enough to the end of the school year, it's going to start to be really apparent over the next few weeks which one of those it is if it's not already apparent now. So you've got a few options that you can do. Um, and I want to talk specifically for a minute about what to do when you get to the point where your school year is almost done, but you're nowhere close on your curriculum. Because that's the one that I know as a homeschool parent is always really stressful because I know I've had this happen to me personally and I've talked to other moms that have had this stress and frustration happen as well. So there are a few different options that you can do and there's kind of pros and cons to both. So the first thing that you can do is the curriculum snowball. And this kind of reminds me of if you're familiar with Dave Ramsey and his debt snowball snowball. Um, this is a similar concept. So what you would do is for all of the curriculum, like all the subjects that you finish early on, you're just going to stop doing those. And instead, you're going to use the time that you would have spent on those subjects to focus on different ones. So for us, both of my kids have already finished their handwriting books for this year. Um, not that they are masters at handwriting, but they finished what I wanted them to accomplish for this school year. And so we're taking the time that we would have normally spent on handwriting and we're focusing on mostly math because that's one that we need a little bit of catch up time on. So that is one thing that you can do to help make things easier. So towards the end of the school year, you might have fewer subjects that you're doing in your homeschool, but a longer time period that you're spending on those subjects because you're trying to finish up those last things. It's just really important that if you have a long block of time for your child to be able to or that they need to do for a specific subject that you're trying to break that up a little bit so that you're not asking your child to sit and concentrate and focus for way longer than their attention span. We know that that is never a good thing for homeschool. But that uh, curriculum snowball can kind of be really helpful as just a way to help our kids get more done. Another thing that you can do is you can decide to just not finish the curriculum this year and either continue it over the summer or take a break and then pick up where you left off in the fall. And the great thing about homeschooling is that for the most part, we have complete control over what our kids are learning. Unless you're part of some sort of an umbrella school or some kind of an organization that requires you to finish the class by the end of the school year, then there's nothing really preventing you from continuing to work on it over the summer and or continuing to work on it in the fall. So just because the book says first grade or kindergarten on the front doesn't mean that your child has to necessarily be in first grade when you're working on that material. And that is a great 
thing for us as homeschool parents because it gives us so much flexibility and freedom. We have been doing this with our history curriculum. We were using a literature-based history curriculum and we kind of got, we started it in the middle of a year and so we were not uh, finishing the books at the end of the year. So we finished last year's book in about October of this year and then in October of this year we started what was designed to be a full year history curriculum. So when we started it in October, I knew that we were not going to finish it by the end of the school year, and I was totally okay with that. So my plan is that we're going to do this curriculum over the summer uh, just a couple of days a week. We usually like to do a sort of a lighter homeschool schedule over the summer just because it helps give my kids some structure to their day and this curriculum is one that they really enjoy. So there are a lot of read aloud books that we do as a part of it and that'll be something that my kids will continue to enjoy doing over the summer and that we can just do for fun and we won't be super um we'll be super flexible about it. So we'll have vacations and all those things that will come up, but I think that will still give us the time that we need to actually be able to finish this curriculum by the end of the summer. So that's our plan for that. And then the other thing that you can do if you are really behind on your curriculum is you can actually either skip lessons or just don't finish it. And I think this is something that can make us feel really guilty as homeschool parents, but it doesn't need to. Because the reality is that there are public school teachers all over the place who are not going to finish their curriculum this year either. And a lot of times the curriculum publishers create the curriculum so that if you don't finish it, it's okay. So if you check out your child's curriculum and you take a look at the lessons that are included at the beginning versus the lessons that are included at the end, you might notice this. A lot of math books in particular are written this way. So the math book is almost never going to have the instructions for how to do an operation like addition or subtraction or whatever at the end of the book. They'll usually end the book with something like measurement or money or weights or something like that where it's great if you get to it, but if you don't get to it, your child is not going to be horribly behind. So take a look and see if that is the case for your curriculum and see if there are some lessons that you can skip. We are doing this with our science curriculum this year. I'm not exactly sure how we got as far behind as we did, but somehow it happened. And uh, so we are combining some lessons and we're skipping a few. And I know that because science is not as sequential of a subject as a math or a reading type subject is, that it'll be okay. And my kids will get exposure to some of these topics and activities when they're a little bit older in another year. So you don't have to finish. It's okay if you don't finish. And I'm saying that as both a homeschool parent and a former teacher. So if you don't finish, it's okay. You don't have to. Okay, so hopefully that's helpful with curriculum. Let's talk a little bit as well about reflecting on the school year because that is another thing that is really, really important. So when we are ending the school year, now is the time that you wanna take some time to stop and journal and think about your school year. And there are a few things that are really helpful to think about now while it's still fresh in your mind because it will help you to really analyze how your school year went and to think about the changes that you need to make and then to be really intentional as you're choosing what you're going to do next year with your kids. So this is a really important thing. Do not neglect 
reflecting on your school year. Take some time to do this. I'm going to be going to a homeschool conference in a few weeks. I'm super excited about it. And I planned to, even though we live within driving distance of the conference, I plan to get a hotel room and take some time at the conference. And one of the things that I'm going to be doing is spending some time journaling and reflecting on the school year and just reflecting on how things went and making our plans for next year. Super excited about that. So when you're doing this, you want to definitely be taking some time to think about what went well this year and what didn't. So for example, for us, one of the things that went really well was we transitioned my son to a new math curriculum. And this was something that I talked about in a bunch of YouTube videos at the beginning of the year because my son was just really frustrated with the previous curriculum. He was starting to tell me that he didn't like math. He was getting frustrated with the problems. And so it was an opportunity to look for something different for him to do. And so we transitioned him to a new curriculum and he likes it a lot better. Another thing that went really well for us this year was I'm teaching my daughter to read and she's doing really well with it. She is coming along and really starting to understand reading um, in a new way and it's really exciting to see. She's been using Reading Better Together. She's loving the books in particular and it's just been really fun to, uh, to see her do that. In terms of things that aren't going as well for us, I think one of the things was that I set out this year to be more intentional about special, like special subjects, um, to really focus on art and music and those kinds of things more in our homeschool, and it didn't happen. So that's something that I'm looking at as I make plans for next year, how we can incorporate those things more and what kinds of things that we can do to really be able to accomplish that goal next year. So another thing to really think about when you're reflecting is what changes you made this year and how those changes went. So I talked about this a little bit with my son. Um, that math change really went well for him. The, the curriculum that we picked is a really great fit for his learning style. And so that's something that I'm really, really excited about in terms of uh, his growth and just seeing him really succeed and flourish with the curriculum and just seeing his newfound love of math this year has been really fun. And then you want to think as well about what changes you want to make for next year. So one of the things that we're looking at is in relation to the specials to art and music. I think that we are going to join a homeschool club next year and have an opportunity to get some of those classes through the co-op, which I think is going to give us like a more intentional focused way to really get those those subjects next year. So I'm excited about that. And the reason why we're making that change was because as I was reflecting, I was thinking back on my goals for my kids this year and just really thinking about what didn't happen. And that is what led me to pursue other options like the co-op. So definitely take some time to reflect on your year in the next few weeks if you haven't done that yet. And then the last thing that I wanted to talk about was about choosing new curriculum. And I think there's a couple of things to keep in mind with this. I might do another Facebook Live about this in a few weeks because I think that it's probably a topic that we could go more in depth on. But I think it's really important to start with that reflection first and make sure that you're spending that time to really look and see how things went this year and to see what your kids learned and and also where their struggles were. That can be a really good starting point because if there are curriculum options that worked well for your family, then you might consider using the same curriculum next year, just getting the next level of it. And so rather than starting over from zero and having to pick all the things, you might be looking for just 
just a few options to switch out or a few things to add. So that can be helpful in, in getting a starting point. And then for those ones that you're looking to switch, you really wanna look at how your child learns best and how they're motivated. And then also at yourself as a teacher and think about what would be a good fit and think about what characteristics of a curriculum that you're looking for. And this can really help to narrow the number of choices down from all of them that are out there to the ones that will really be the best fit for your child and for your family. So one of the things that we noticed about the math curriculum that we're using um, is that a big component of the online part of the program is kids will complete the lesson and then it will immediately give them feedback in the form of stars. So they can earn one, two, or three stars depending on how many questions they got right as they were going through the practice problems in the curriculum. And from what I had read on the reviews, there are a lot of families that absolutely hate that and their kids cannot use the online program because they are so stressed out about trying to get the stars. But I know about my son, I know that he is super motivated by anything that's a challenge or a contest or a competition and that he really wants to earn like prizes or trophies or stars or check off the level or any of those things that really motivates him. And so that component of this program, while it doesn't work for a lot of families, worked really well for us. And he wanted to do extra math so that he could earn more stars. So it's really important to think about how the curriculum is going to impact your child specifically and to think about what kinds of, of features it has that might be great for your family or that might be a struggle. Um, a couple places that you can get this information. Um, I am going to be going to several different used curriculum sales this year, and that is my favorite place to go look for new curriculum. Uh, you can usually get really great deals on curriculum. A lot of times people will be selling it like full curriculum for just a few dollars. And so it's a really great way to get deals. But whether you decide to buy your curriculum at a used curriculum sale or not, I always recommend going because it's a great chance just to see a lot of different options that are out there that other families have used and it's a great opportunity to put your hands on lots of different things to look through lots of different books page through see how it looks how it works um, what's inside and that can be a really really helpful way to get an idea of just what options you might want to consider you can also go out on YouTube. I know I have a number of curriculum review videos on my channel at Homeschooling for Him, and there are lots of other YouTubers that have some fantastic curriculum reviews out there and page through the book kinds of things so that you can look and see different curriculum options there as well. So I would love to know if you have questions about what to do to end the homeschool year or about choosing more curriculum for next year. Um, go ahead and drop those questions in the comments of this video and maybe we can do a follow-up in a few weeks focusing on choosing new curriculum because I think that would be really interesting to talk about some more. I hope that everybody has a wonderful week. As always, if you have any questions about teaching your child to read or about reading better together, feel free to leave those in the comments or you're also welcome to email me, sarah at homeschoolingforhim.com and I would love to help. I hope everybody's having a wonderful week. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. New episodes are coming out all the time, so please make sure that you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the fun. I'll see you soon.